0: dancing dates over the weekend. Of course, dancing was back um, in this COVID world that we were living in. And joining us now is our South Australian Police Commissioner and the State Coordinator, Grant Stevens. Good morning. Good morning, Ali. So I need you to get to the bottom of something for me. I went to see a DJ at the Fringe and dancing was back in a big way. As long as you danced in your allocated seat, standing up in front of that seat there with your mask on. And it was also having to be a dry zone. So practically, it meant that what was happening is people were sculling their drinks in line on the way in, and then during the hour, hour and a half show, they would run out grab another one and scull it before coming back in. Now, everybody around was trying to do the right thing, you know, with COVID marshals and people serving drinks and getting people in. But if you're looking at this like a public health issue, that seems less than ideal, doesn't it?
1: Oh, I suppose it does, but... uh... There's only so much you can do to regulate people's behaviour. And if they're not breaking the law, um, people are making personal choices about what's what, what's the wisest thing to do. And uh, I I certainly wouldn't advocate for people to be sort of knocking back their drinks so they can get into a show or, you know, participate in some other activity. But that's just the reality of what we're dealing with.
0: But how does having a drink in that hour or hour and a half, if you're standing in front of your seat only, mean that you're more likely to catch or pass on COVID?
1: I don't think you can make a direct correlation to one particular type of activity by an individual and the heightened risk of COVID spreading in the community. The reason that there are restrictions in place is so that it it has the impact of um, slowing down people's interactions or minimising that um, potential for large groups of people to be at, in very close proximity and potentially Passing on or picking up COVID, so it's not one person's behaviour—standing up, having a drink—versus sitting down. It's it's the broader implications of a lot of people uh, participating in activities that could increase risk of many yeah. people becoming exposed.
0: Uh, but but, but yeah.
1: as an example, yeah, yeah we've we've uh, we've uh, allowed private functions to occur in licensed premises now, with 150 people being able to um, stand up and drink and dance uh, in in a defined location now people would argue what's the difference between 150 people in a private function and people generally being able to stand up and dance and drink at the same time in any licensed premises the difference is the scale of the type of activity so there's there's only so many private functions happening in Adelaide or South Australia every weekend but if you uh, if we get back to that point where everybody can stand up and drink at the same time then that's going to be happening right across the board so many more people participating in that sort of thing that is likely to increase the risk of spread.
0: I'm not trying to be a nitpicker there. I'm I just, just not sure how I understand what... If you are having to dance in one particular spot over an hour, an hour and 15, the the practicalities of it are the people are sculling drinks, probably drinking more alcohol than they would have if they could just have one in their seat and sip while they're, you know, dancing along to the music or doing whatever. I'm just struggling to see how that is the best result for something like this, especially in an open-air area.
1: Well... Look, I think it's a reasonable proposition that you're putting there but um, from a personal point of view I'm not directly involved in uh, setting the uh, criteria for these types of events they come under a COVID management plan which is managed mm-hmm. by SA Health um, I, I think it's about being able to and I'm, this is an assumption on my part the um, making sure that the COVID marshals are able to properly control large groups of people who are coming together in a very social environment. And it probably doesn't take too much for people to take one step too far in terms of becoming more relaxed and not necessarily staying in their seat. Mm
0: -hmm. Has SA Health confirmed that we have outperformed the modelling, that we're actually going okay at the moment with regards to numbers of people in ICUs have ventilated and who've got this?
1: Yeah, uh, that's that's part of the basis on the... uh, In fact, it's a very important piece of information that I rely on uh, when I'm making the decision in relation to easing the restrictions. And that is the capacity of the health system to deal with people who contract COVID. And the numbers of people uh, in wards at the moment and in ICU are well under uh, what the capacity is. And SA Health have been funded to dramatically increase their capacity. So we're doing pretty well at the moment. I'm less concerned about the total number of people who are contracting COVID on a daily basis uh, than I am about making sure that our hospital system can deal with those people and any other person who might need uh, medical assistance for any other issues.
0: So then for Nigel from Adelaide and Rosie who called up before, is there a chance that the relaxation of restrictions can be accelerated or are we still looking at about Easter to be so-called back to normal?
1: Well, the, um, the commitment that was made um, over a month ago now was that we'd be looking at easing these restrictions on a fortnightly basis. Mm-hmm. And so far, yeah, what happened uh, on Saturday morning was the third tranche of what was predicted to be four tranches of restrictions being eased. So the next ones will occur, um, what, in about nine, ten days' time. Um, Just and I in think time that,
0: for the election, Police Commissioner.
1: <laughs> well, uh, that's that's certainly not a feature of my thinking in terms of uh, what might or might not happen. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so in... Uh, about 10 days, uh, we'll be meeting to talk about what what, sort of, what can be relaxed then, and that might potentially take us to what you'd describe as a baseline level of restrictions, the, the bare minimum necessary to make sure that we can cope with COVID-19 in South Australia. After that, it's a question about how we keep going with the major emergency declaration and when we can actually you know, okay. get to the point where things are as back to normal as they're ever going to be.
0: So a couple of quick questions then on that bare minimum. Masks still needed in some aspects, do you think?
1: Well, the masks are certainly on the agenda to, to be relaxed. Um, the only thing I'll say is the only the only requirement for people to wear masks at the moment under a direction is when they're in an indoor public place. And as frustrating as they are and as uncomfortable as they are, I have to say masks are probably the first line of defence for any individual to make sure that you're reducing the risk of catching COVID or passing it on if you do have it. So, they're a very sensible consideration. So even if they are relaxed, my recommendation to people would be to think about your circumstances and potentially wear a mask if you can't keep away from strangers.
0: And Grant Stevens, if everything is going well, as it sounds like it is, what happens when... <laughs> When it starts getting cooler when we're heading into winter when perhaps we have flu and we might see more pressure put on our health system is there a very real possibility that us here in adelaide and south australia will then see an increase of restrictions and bringing things well, back in
1: yeah that's that's a really good question over the last couple of years um through the flu season there's been you know incredibly okay. low incidence of flu because people have been wearing masks we've been physically distancing you now there have been restrictions that stop large gatherings of people so as we relax the restrictions, those sorts of things, you know, become a factor in terms of people staying healthy and well. But we don't have, excuse me, we don't have the major emergency declaration in place for the flu. So if people are contracting the flu, then um, I suppose that's one negative side of getting back to normal is that's likely to occur. But we still do have some restrictions in place. So you know, it, it may be the case that we don't see as many people contracting the flu because of uh, the habits we've developed over the last two years.
0: But if the hospital gets under pressure because of the flu, well, then that just gets handled as it was before COVID ever came along and it would only be a massive increase or another subset or derivative of Omicron or whatever it might be that would make us perhaps have to step back into them.
1: Oh, I'm sure we'll be talking about that with SA Health. But, um, you yeah, know, our focus from a... Uh, a broader state perspective in terms of managing uh, pandemic is is about COVID. So the last thing I want to hear is about a new variant coming along. Um, I think uh, we're all slightly depressed when we found out about Omicron because we were doing very well in preparing for, you know, getting back to normal with Delta. So uh, let's let's keep our fingers crossed that uh, whatever we deal with in the future is um, less virulent or. Are less contagious than what we've got with Omicron.
0: All right, we have to leave it there. Thank you very much, South Australian Police Commissioner Grant Stevens. The Ali
1: Clark Breakfast Show on Mix 102.3.